0: Welcome to the Farm D Money podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in Farm D Nation to episode number 6 of the Farm D Money podcast. I am your host Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. In this episode, I want to give you guys a simple breakdown of student loans and some of the complexity I know a lot of new pharmacy graduates are going to face when it comes time to trying to navigate how they're going to repay that debt if they had to take out debt in order to get through pharmacy school. I know student loans and student loan repayment plans and all the peculiars of what goes into that can be extremely daunting. We're not going to be able to get close to touching on all of that in this episode So, what I want to do is just kind of take a high level student loan 101 view of things you're going to want to take a look at when you graduate pharmacy school before those student loan payments come due in order to help position yourself to make the best possible decisions you can when it comes time to start repaying those student loan debt back. In 1987 to 2020, I believe, I think that's when um, the most accurate data was set up, the cost of tuition to go to school, to go to college, is up by 500%. That's two and a half times more than homes, three times more than income, and about 4.25 times higher than inflation. That is a huge deal because it creates a tremendous amount of conflict in student loan repayees' lives. They have to forego a lot of big decisions in their life because of student loan payments, like purchasing a home. When you can't purchase a home, a lot of new graduates have to move back in with their parents, which isn't ideal. Because they can't purchase homes, they can't purchase things that usually go into their house, like furniture and other decor that really help provide a boost in local economies. They can't go out and buy vehicles, and maybe most importantly, they usually end up delaying retirement savings, so they can't pay their future self now because they have to pay their old self and the debt that they incurred to get that education. So again, in this episode, we're going to go over some of the basic information of student loans that I believe every D new graduate should know before they get to the stage of having to make those repayments. So let's jump in. Uh, before we dive too deep, I just want to give you an idea of why student loan costs are rising so fast. I know this is a hot topic that gets debated amongst a lot of people. And really, from what I can see, the reason why tuition is rising so fast is because of the reduction in state funding and the increase in demand for college. More and more people understand the value of a college degree. Institutions know that. Prices go up just based off of basic economic supply and demand principles. Private for-profit college enrollment is also increasing. Uh, For-profit colleges, like everybody can imagine, is a lot more expensive. The increased operating costs for schools have gone up dramatically, which means they have to pay more in order to provide that education, so they're going to charge you more to attend the institution. And I think most importantly... The reason why tuition is rising so fast is because of the easy access to loans. A dollar in a loan is about 65 cent increase in tuition. So in 2018, student loan debt was $1.521 trillion. So if you're a pharmacist and you're a recent graduate and you're getting ready to repay those student loans back, you have to really pay attention to how you approach that because navigating this correctly could provide you with a tremendous financial benefit after it's all said and done. So the first thing you're going to want to do as a new graduate is to figure out which of the four possible repayment outcomes you think you're going to fall into. The first outcome, if at all possible, is to get the debt discharged. This is the least likely outcome anybody will be able to pursue, but it is a possibility in some cases where that debt can get discharged through death, disability, some sort of school problem, or fraud. Outcome number two is if you find yourself getting a job and your annual income compared to your debt is equal or less than what your annual income is in the year. So let's say you're a new graduate, you're going to make $130,000 your first year in the pharmacy, and your student loans right now are one hundred and twenty dollars This is the outcome you're going to want to pursue. The goal of this is to try to minimize interest over time, prioritize expensive loans over less expensive loans when it comes to interest rates, and avoid capitalization. Outcome number three is the inverse of option number two or outcome number two, which is somebody wants to pursue long-term forgiveness. Long-term forgiveness should be looked at if your student debt level is two to two and a half times more than what your annual income is. Going back to our previous example, you're a new graduate. You're going to make $130,000 a year your first year out of pharmacy school. But you take a look at your student debt, and for some reason, that student debt is $260,000 to $300,000. Long-term forgiveness could potentially be an option you may want to consider pursuing. Finally, the third option is a career in public service. And because you take on a career in public service, you would potentially qualify for public service loan forgiveness. Now, again, there are a bunch of different rules that go along with being able to pursue this type of forgiveness, but it's a great option to look at if you find yourself pursuing a career in public service. So you want to figure out which one of the four outcomes you're going to fall into. Usually when I work with pharmacists, outcome number two is most likely the one they want to pursue. But everybody's situation is different, so you want to look closely at that. Next, you want to identify what type of student loans you actually hold. So the most common would be federal loans. Before you get into pharmacy school, in order to qualify, essentially, I think that's the right word that people use, you have to take some of the regular college classes most people take in college. And in order to do that, in order to fund that, most likely you're going to take out some sort of Stafford loan, whether it's a subsidized loan or unsubsidized loan. Stafford is usually the first route people go when it comes to attaining some sort of federal loan debt. Next, uh, usually Farm D graduates pursue some sort of Grad Plus loans. So basically, Grad Plus loans are the next step up. They're a little higher interest rate, but because Stafford loans max out at a certain dollar amount, in order to get funding to continue your Farm D education, you have to pursue those Grad Plus loans. Those are basically unlimited. Essentially, they want you to take out grad plus loans that equal the true cost of attendance. So what it's going to cost you to finish out your education minus any federal aid or any other resources you have coming in to pay for college. And then finally, after that, another option some people pursue with their parents are parent plus loans. These can get pretty dicey because they have fewer repayment options. They, like grad plus loans, basically allow you unlimited funding up to the cost of actual attendance. And again, these are available to parents. So this is additional debt parents are taking on, not the actual PharmD student. The other option some people will pursue are private student loans. And this is where you are working with a private lender at most likely a bank. These are not federal government loans. Uh, They are private loans, so your repayment options are very limited. And the structure of those loans are usually laid out pretty clearly in what they call a promissory note. So if you have some sort of private student loans, you're going to want to make sure to have your hands on those promissory notes because that's going to guide you on what your options are and what your options are not. Next, once you figure out what kind of student loans you hold, you need to figure out which repayment plan you want to take advantage of. Now, this is the area where I see most pharmacists get tripped up. There are traditional repayment plans and then there are income-driven repayment plans. Remember, income-driven repayment plans are for those people looking for some sort of long-term loan forgiveness, and you fall into that category if your student loan debt is two to two and a half times or more of what your annual income is. More often than not, pharmacists will end up pursuing some sort of traditional repayment plan. The most common of the traditional repayment plans are what they call the standard 10-year repayment plan. If you get to the point where you start repaying back your student loans and you have not picked out a repayment plan, more often, likely than not, you will automatically be put into a standard 10-year repayment plan. And essentially what that is, is they will take a look at what your total student loan bill is. They will be able to amortize that over 10 years, just like a mortgage. And they'll be able to tell you that at this interest rate, if you make this monthly payment for 10 years, that last payment at year 10 will pay off your student debt just like a 30-year mortgage where you pay that mortgage every month, it's the same amount every month. If you make that same mortgage payment every month at that interest rate, at the end of 30 years, your house will be paid off. The same thing works here with student loans. So that's your traditional standard 10-year loan. If you consolidate loans, and we're not going to get into consolidation because it's a whole other area that we're going to want to spend more time on, but if for some reason you notice that you consolidated your loans, just remember that a standard payment plan could be as long as 30 years depending on how high your loan balance initially was to begin with. Be aware of this because I've actually seen pharmacists who take a look at standard repayment plan. They take a look at their payment and they go, hmm, that's not bad. But they don't understand that this debt is going to be around for the next 30 years of their life when initially they could have thought maybe it's just a 10-year plan without looking closer into it. So if you have a standard plan, repayment, traditional repayment plan, but you consolidated your loans Be very, very aware that the payment term could be a lot longer than you anticipated. The other traditional repayment plans are your graduate repayment plans where you have the lower payment at the beginning and higher payments at the end of the actual repayment term. These are not as commonly used now because of the um, increased benefits income-based repayment plans have been able to provide. And then you have extended repayment plans, which are 25 years. They could be fixed or graduated, but they have that 25, usually the 25-year term uh, repayment length. So again, now you're pushing that debt out farther, which means it's a lower payment, but that debt's going to stick around a lot longer. And like we mentioned before, aligning with traditional repayment plans or the income-driven repayment plans for people who are looking for some sort of loan forgiveness Again, those income-driven repayment plans are something we're going to talk about on their own in later podcasts because they are extremely important, but they deserve a lot more time than we can give them within one episode. So again, if your loans are two, two and a half times your income, this is an option you're going to want to pursue or look at pursuing as a way to get some sort of forgiveness on those loans. Loan balance, usually with pharmacists, again, going back to the average, are within that one to two and a half times what their income is within a given year. So again, you make $130,000 and your, your student loan total is one hundred twenty dollars to $150,000. You're going to want to pursue some sort of traditional repayment plan and try to knock off as much interest payment over the course of that loan as you possibly can. One of the common ways people end up achieving this is by looking at some sort of refinancing option. Again, you take your most likely federal student debt or your private student debt, you look at refinancing that with another lender who can give you better debt repayment terms, whether that's, uh, usually it's in the form of uh, smaller interest rates. In order to qualify for these refinancing options, just remember a strong credit is essential for refinancing. The average FICO score for approval on a refinance is about 764. So as you're finishing up pharmacy school, just remember to keep an eye on that credit score to make sure that if refinancing is an option you want to pursue, that it's something you can actually qualify for. Just to give you a little statistics on refinancing, about 58% of applicants for or who applied for refinancing were actually denied. So it's not a slam dunk that you're going to get approved to begin with. And the average refinancing interest rate is about 5.5% with auto pay discounts. Finally, 33.2% of refinances were co-signed. So that means a PharmD student had a parent or somebody else co-sign the loan in order to get qualified to take that on. Before we wrap up our refinancing options here, the one thing I want to make sure PharmD students understand is you can refinance multiple times over the course of your debt term which provides a tremendous opportunity for some people to be able to snowball that debt over a shorter period of time. And what I mean by this is, let's say you refinance your loan and your refinance loan term is 10 years and the interest rate is 6%. Well, if you pay on that for a couple of years, your balance of that loan is going to come down, which means you could potentially refinance again because your debt is lower, your interest rate on the new refinance could be smaller. But if you continue to make those same monthly payments as you did the first time you did a refinance, it means you're actually paying more toward principal the second time you refinance with that lower interest rate, which means you're eating away at that total loan balance even faster than you were before. Now you do this a couple times over the course of the term of that debt. You could see yourself potentially knocking off a couple years of repayments which is a tremendous amount of money saved on just interest alone on that debt. So just remember, if you choose the refinancing option of student loan repayment, don't forget, you can do that multiple times. Take advantage of that. So as a pharmacist, I know carrying large student loans are a huge burden, but it's not uncommon for the profession, especially when it comes to new graduates. So what you're going to want to do when it comes time to repay that loan, or actually before it comes time to repay that loan, is to create a game plan. And the first part of that game plan is identifying which four of the outcomes you want to pursue. The next thing you want to do is to take inventory and identify what kind of student loans you have. It's important because the different kind of student loans you hold will determine what your options are as far as repayment. They're not all the same. Once you have an inventory of what kind of student loans you hold, then decide on what repayment options you want to pursue. One of those repayment options could involve maybe looking at a refinance of that debt if it's in your best interest to do so. The one thing I want everybody to take away from this podcast, if you are a new graduate or if you're somebody who has been working as a pharmacist for a while and you still hold student loans, is creating a game plan is a must. Understanding what your options are and creating a plan of how you want to eliminate that debt is absolutely key. Because when it comes to student loan debt or any debt of that kind, when you have a fixed interest rate and you control what payments you can make to that debt, you can get pretty accurate on what month of what year you're going to be able to pay that off. And just know that the more you sacrifice now and the more you're able to allocate more of your financial resources toward those student loans, the opportunity costs of getting those paid off earlier and incurring less interest is going to be huge in the long run of your financial plan. So just know sacrificing now in delaying some of the things I know a lot of young people want to pursue, especially after you spent a lot of years in pharmacy school pursuing such a great career, just know that the more you can sacrifice now and the more financial resources you can put toward those student loans, chances are it's a decision you're not going to regret later on in life. So create that game plan. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself or FarmDFP, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also feel free to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Farm D Financial Planning for more great insight. Email podcasts at FarmDFP with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. And finally, until next time Farm D Nation, be well. The Farm D Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal or investment advice.